welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello, this is Brian Harden, Director of External Affairs for the Alabama Farmers Federation, and we welcome you to this week's uh, edition of Alabama AgCast, and a little bit of a unique topic that we are discussing this uh, week. We welcome Les Bernal with Stop Predatory Gambling. Les, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Good to be here. So, obviously, this issue of gambling has come up because of the discussion by uh, members of the legislature to look at uh, addressing this issue. So, um, because of our policy position as an organization, Les, um, we are engaged to oppose um, any expansion or or legalization of of gambling um, due to um, our members' uh, position on this. So, we want to make sure that we are doing more education. Um, more understanding of the issue because it can be uh, complicated and misconstrued, I think, many times. You were in the state um, uh, yesterday uh, through uh, tomorrow and and graciously spent some time with a a group today in our office. So uh, thank you for coming in to to really maybe hit some of the highlights, Les, on on what you talked about. So just just to start, um, the name of your organization is Stop Predatory Gambling. So what is predatory gambling. Yeah. So I I think it's important to make a distinction when we're talking about what's being proposed in Alabama. It's not really, we're we're not debating gambling. You know, you and I can do some gamble privately if we wanted to. We could have a friendly wager on the golf course. You know, we could have a Friday night poker game. Um, You know, you could have a March Madness bracket, that type of activity, you know, or Super Bowl office pool. That's technically gambling. That's social gambling. What we're talking about here is predatory gambling. That's what's proposed for Alabama. And predatory gambling is when governments, like like being proposed in Alabama, governments partner with a powerful corporate gambling interests to use commercialized gambling. Commercialized keyword, and that which means being run as a business. And when you run gambling as a business, it creates an adversarial relationship between the gambling operator and the and the person doing the gambling. Right, they're trying to take you down, and 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 in the end game, what it does is this is a business that exploits and defrauds citizens in their communities. So, so this isn't like you know people do privately. This is a government program that is has an will have an active, aggressive, relentless adversarial relationship to, to the people of the state, trying to turn the whole citizen into all the citizens here into losing enormous sums of personal wealth. So something you said this morning, Les, that I thought was interesting, uh, you raised the question and, and then answered it through your presentation, and I think we'll obviously cover a lot of this as we talk now. But why is predatory gambling America's most neglected major problem? Sure. So I'll, I'll touch on a couple key points. Um, is One is over the next six years in America, the American people are going to lose more than $1 trillion, $1 trillion dollars of personal wealth to commercialize gambling that's promoted by state governments, okay? That's a, that equates to $150 billion of lost personal wealth every year. And just to put it kind of per minute basis, that equates to $285,000 every minute. So if we talk for 15 minutes today, like, you know, citizens are going to lose, you know, close to what, almost, you know, 30 million bucks, 
you know. Um, so that's what we're talking about. Um, and and what, what what gambling advertising and marketing today in our country, in Alabama, to its credit, has you know it's far better off today than it than it would be if it had gone down the road of state lotteries in, in gambling twenty five for commercialized gambling twenty five years ago. But in every almost in every other state in our country today, the public voice of American government is gambling, advertising, and marketing. It's what we advertise to the American people more than anything else. When I was a kid growing up in the late 70s, John, we used to have John Wayne would come out on camera and he'd say, invest in your country, you know, buy U.S. savings bonds. We used to encourage people to build wealth, construct, and that's how we built so much of America, right? Through mm-hmm. a road construction, we funded school development, and so on. But what all this gambling, advertising, and marketing has done is it's taken a nation of small earners, across the country and who could be small savers and it's turned us into a nation of habitual bettors, habitual gamblers. So people are losing enormous sums of money. So everyone wonders why, why are we having a shrinking middle class? You know, why is it so hard to, to move up the ladder? Well, a big reason why is because on every street corner, if you're in a low income community, your ticket out, the way to change your life isn't to save more money, work harder, get educated, whatever it may be. It's, hey, Here's your fastest way to a million dollars. You know, buy this $50 scratch-off ticket. Like, it's a con, you know. And, and so, we, and you, the, ta- you, the citizen who never gambles, you're, you pay for all this. So, you know, the, the, the legalization of commercialized gambling in our country has failed. And so, the good thing for Alabama is, like, we don't need to speculate what predatory gambling is going to look like here. Because you can just look at what other states have done and how, how dramatically it's failed uh, and what, what the people said it was going to the, the gambling lobbyists and the proponents of gambling had said it was going to do. None of those things have delivered. It's it's a it's a, it's, a, it's the America's most neglected major problem. So, Les, one of the things that I think has been more apparent for all of us the last several years, and I would love for you to dive into this a little bit, that we we would not have been talking about maybe 15, 20 years ago, but it's sports betting. You can't watch a football game or a basketball game on a major sports network like ESPN without seeing sponsorship by you know what one of the betting apps or encouraging you to to do that or open the ESPN app without being prompted to uh, subscribe or, or bet on the the very game that you were you're watching talk about the emergence of sports betting where is that going why is that dangerous um, to our society yeah so it's important to note here that you and I could already place a sports bet with each other here in Alabama Okay, we could place a, place a friendly wager on the Super Bowl that's coming up or a March Madness bracket and so on. That's already legal. What's illegal is you and I cannot run our own sports book because it's a, it's a form. And the reason for that is financially, the more you, longer you participate in commercialized gambling, you're going to end up losing all your money. It's a, it's a form of financial fraud, just like price gouging and false advertising. You know, it's a big con. And so with sports gambling, commercialized sports gambling, what they're doing is they made the experience. So like it's, you're not just betting on the outcome of a sporting event. You're literally have you wagering on your phone or on your tablet computer, like every 10 seconds on every possible aspect of a sporting event. So if you're watching a football game, they're trying to push you to wager on is the next play in this game going to be a run or a pass? You know, will this player have three touchdowns in, in this game? Like constant, almost an unlimited amount of wagers. So you have young people, especially young men, uh, of all from really starting from ages of like 10 years old up to like, you know, 35, which that's the main target demographic here, who literally have become addicted relentlessly to this these online sports gambling apps. It's just, and, and the marketing that occurs, 
is, you know, they're exempt pretty much from truth and advertising uh, regulations under the Federal Trade Commission because the states are a partner in the state government. This business is only legal if they partner with the state. So in state after state that is legalized online sports gambling, you have teenagers walking in to Gamblers Anonymous meetings with their parents. Like, because mm-hmm. these kids are, have been, have been right. So we, we, have an, we have an epidemic of child and teen gambling in America today. And it's important to note, there's no grassroots movement for any of this. This wasn't driven by citizen demand. It's driven, being driven by very powerful financial interests, you know, the gambling industry, powerful media interests, s- some state officials, you know, the people that are profiting from, who are going to profit from all these financial losses of citizens. So I think it's really important to understand that this is like gambling fentanyl. You know, no one would encourage their kids to, to use fentanyl, which we all know is an extremely dangerous drug. But this is the, the online gambling is the equivalent of gambling fentanyl. You know, as a parent uh, of a of a son that's still a teenager and, and having two older children, I, I know a lot of people would relate to this. You know, you think about a lot of the uh, already dangerous and bad things that you can get on your, your cell phone, on your smartphone, and already dealing with that what I would say is addiction in a lot of ways of of spending too much time on social media or other things on a phone. But this is another thing that that I think as as parents we need to be aware of and mindful of and 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 know that it is so dangerous. As you said, it's it's not just something that would be a pastime or they may do a little bit of, but it it can become an addiction. Yeah, well, it is, and people need to understand like this isn't you know. Commercialized gambling today, but especially online gambling, is is a known, dangerous, and addictive product. So the American Psychiatric Association puts out what's called the DSM-5 every 10 years, and and it's and it's known as the Mental Health Bible. Okay, hospitals use it, men, uh, insurance companies use it, um, you know, as as like the to die, for mental health diagnosis. They label gambling addiction at the same level they label opioids, cocaine, and heroin. So this is a a known dangerous and addictive product. That's why we call it gambling fentanyl. And so what's different about this than any other dangerous and addictive product is the state state governments, and hopefully not here in Alabama, but they're, like they're encouraging people to do this. Like this is happening with the blessing of state government. It was state attorney generals who sued the opioid makers for addicting an entire generation of young people to opioids, you know, and still we're still suffering from that. Here, there's no state attorney general that has ever brought consumer protection litigation against a commercialized gambling operator because the state is a partner to it. So all these gambling proponents and gambling lobbyists who try to kind of wrap this up as if it's something, you know, good for people that we're going to quote unquote regulate it. Quote, unquote, regulating gambling, they're not regulating it to protect you or your kids or your family or your coworkers or your community. There's regulate, and I put, quote that in quotes, is they're regulating it to make sure that the state's getting its fair cut. They're not regulating it, is this, is this a, a safe product for you to be using? And that's what makes this totally different because the more, the, the business model for, for all these forms of gambling, whether it's state lotteries, regional casinos, or and especially online gambling, it's based on addicted gamblers. You know, they don't have a, the, the casual gambler, those of you who say, oh, I just do this casual, like you're irrelevant to the business model. The goal is to turn you into an addicted gambler. And so to put a real number on it, 86% of online gambling profits come from 5% of the gamblers. Yeah. So. My name is Ashley Merritt and I'm the relationship manager in our enterprise branch. One thing I love about working with Alabama Credit is I think now in the year 2023, people are really looking for a certain way of life. And I feel like for that, 
you really need a partner that can see your vision and work with you through it and offer certain products that we are known for offering. A family that I'm working with currently, it's been so nice to see how their journey and dreams have progressed. We started off by financing their first piece of land. Uh, they came back and did a cattle loan with us. We've done a lot of credit for their farming operation and now they are finally deciding that, hey, this is where I want my forever home to be. So through our rural home construction product, we can also offer that service to them as well. If you'd like to find out more information on any of these products, please visit and contact your local lender and go to alabamaagcredit.com or call 334-270-8687. Another aspect that, that I think sometimes with gambling may seem more innocuous, and I think, you know, when you talk about maybe with, you know, with, with friends or maybe in the public, the idea of a lottery is generally more accepted, the concept of that. Um, and, you know, we hear in discussions that, you know, no, I would absolutely be opposed to a comprehensive gambling bill that would include casinos and sports betting and a lottery. But if it was just a bill that dealt with a clean lottery, then I would have to support that and give, you know, the public, my constituents, the opportunity to vote. If you would, talk about the examples that, that are out there that you shared uh, this morning from, you know, from neighboring states, from other states, of, of how are lotteries really marketed. It's not just I'm going to go in and, and buy one little scratch-off ticket in the, in the gas station and, and drop it in to see if I win, right, <laughs> right Les? So. Well, I, I don't mean to smile when you were describing that narrative, but what made me smile is this notion that the gambling lobbyists and, and gambling proponents here are, are using the frame of clean lottery. Like, I don't even know what that means. You know, like, it's just, they, 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 will, they will wrap this up to make it look like, you know, whatever they can do to get it passed, to get, you know, you know enough votes to get the thing through the legislature. But a clean lottery, like, that's the ultimate, you know, this whole thing at its root is a con game, right? The more you participate in this, you're going to end up losing, whether it's a lottery, casinos, or online online gambling. But you, you just look, we hear a lot about Georgia, right? Georgia's lottery and some of the surrounding states. What I showed today was the Georgia lottery, like, the, the, the casual, the understanding of most people in Alabama here think like the lottery is like mega millions or, or Powerball. Like those games are, are, you know, those gambling games are make up a very small percentage of state lottery profits. The bulk of state lottery profits come from high, high wagering point, high price point games like scratch tickets, rapid play, immediate graphic, graphic gratification type games. So like a state like Georgia sells fifty dollars scratch off tickets in low income communities across the state where people make $7.25 an hour. You gotta work a full day's wage at a minimum wage job there in, in, in Georgia before you can lose it on a $50 scratch off ticket in five seconds, which is pushed by your own state government. And it's marketed as, hey, this is your fastest way to a million dollars. So the, 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 the other big piece of this is the state lotteries like Georgia, they're trying to appeal to a whole new young generation now of young people. So I urge all of your listeners, because right, you hear so much about the Georgia lottery, you need to, people need to understand what a real lottery looks like in 2024, is go onto the Georgia lottery website and look at the online gambling games that they offer the state, that they're pushing through the, through the internet to get people to play. Several of them have like, they're called like ladybugs, little ladybug. It's like cats and dogs, you know, you know, pirate ships, like, like who, those, it's cartoon-like figures. Like, who do you think these, these gambling games are appealing to? 
You know, they're appealing to young people. Like if this was if this was a tobacco company doing it, the state attorney general of, of Georgia and other states, they'd be suing them. But this is a government program. So you're, these are highly addictive. As I said, this is a known dangerous nicotine product. Online gambling is the most dangerous form of gambling of all. It's, as I said, it's gambling fentanyl. And here you have state governments like Georgia and others pushing like online gambling to lure young people in to start. And they're, and they're free to play games to start. So like it's like try it for free. So they're trying to get you the habit of of playing. You don't have to play for money. Like you kind of play, for, you win for credits, you know. And then they then they then they try to transition you over to the the the, the you know playing for real for, with real money. And so, like that's what this business is about. And so the, you know, it's fifty dollars scratch tickets in Georgia. Texas sells a hundred dollars scratch off ticket. It's these extreme forms of gambling where where, where lotteries and other gambling interests make their money. The casual the casual gambler who plays once or twice a year. You are irrelevant to their business model. And, and for all your listeners who never gamble, like who do you think pays when, when citizens are losing a trillion dollars of personal wealth over the next six years? We still to, pay. Like you pay even if you don't play. All of these states that have gone down that become big predatory gambling states, you, you, the citizens there are paying higher taxes and receiving less services because of predatory gambling. This is the ultimate budget gimmick. And so – you know, the idea that's going to pay for education, all this stuff, it's its a big con game. There's no increase in education funding. They just take the, the money coming in and they allocate it to something else. And in the, and in the long term, as a revenue source, like the only way you keep, you know, when your economy grows here in Alabama, all your other revenue sources grow, okay? Your revenue sources grow, you know. In this instance, the only way gambling revenue grows is you have to add new new extreme forms of gambling on top of it, okay? And so it's the ultimate budget gimmick, you know. So I hear you on all that, Les, but the the counter argument from some for some will be, I want to play the lottery. I want to be able to you know gamble at casino. I want to be able to sports bet. Why should I be prevented from being able to do those things? Yeah, you, you, you're not. You can already place a bet with each other when it comes to. You and I can always place a friendly bet with each other. What this fight is about. Is you have you can gamble all you want. We need to keep gambling. You know, allow small unlicensed games. Keep them private and local. You know, this what we're talking about here is the ultimate government program. This is the ultimate big government program. Okay, it's the public voice of government in state after state. So we are actively encouraging people to lose these games. So that this idea that you know, if this was really about free, you know, personal choice, like let people do this. Let people gamble. People can already do this. What's, what, what, what we're not allowed to do is you and I can't run our own casino. We can't run our own lottery. Like, there's no free market aspect to this. This is the ultimate form of crony capitalism, you know. And, and so you know, this, this is a business, as we said earlier, that is designed to get people to lose money over the long term. State government is actively having an adversarial relationship with citizens. So what you do privately is, 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 your, is your business, but government – should not be trying to have it take down its citizens, you know, with $100 scratch off tickets because it's failed. It's, it's, the legalization of commercialized gambling has been an epic policy failure. And, and the last thing I'll just say on this point is this is not a debate whether or not like a Las Vegas should exist. You know, maybe have a Las Vegas in the, in the desert. There's a reason why they put it in the desert in the first place. You had to fly there. Maybe you went there once every couple of years. Now what, we're do, what, what they're proposing here in Alabama is to bring Las Vegas on Main Street, put it on downtown in your local community, and more specifically when it comes to online gambling, is just to open up a Las Vegas casino right in your kid's bedroom, in your grandkid's bedroom, in his dorm room, or in your office here in Alpha. Like, that's what this fight's about. And most of us, like, you know, 
That's why there's no grass. No one's no one's pounding the table saying, "I want a Las Vegas casino in my living room, so I can sit you know sit in my pajamas and lose my 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 rent payment or you know my mortgage payment." You know, this is about you know these big powerful companies and handful in partnership with a handful of public officials trying to ram this through uh, for the benefit you know for their own benefit, not to benefit the people of Alabama. So, Les, if we are to have uh, legalized you know statewide gambling. It would have to pass the legislature, and then if it passed the legislature, it'd go before the people of Alabama for a vote on a constitutional amendment. You know, we hear it said sometimes, well, I, I just want to have the right to vote, or my constituents want to be able to vote on this issue. What do you say in response to that as, as we look at that issue as far as, you know, what an elected official, what a legislator should should think through, what they maybe should consider when they think about that argument. Yeah. So I, I think any legislator, you know, if you're a serious legislator, like I, I can't imagine anyone really giving, like in their heart, I think that's the right approach here because, you know, the idea that you're going to have, a, if this goes to the ballot, you know, I always say to state legislators, imagine if you had a primary or a general election and you were outspent three to one in terms of your campaign spending. Like you'd have a very hard time winning re-election no matter your merit. But now imagine going on the ballot and being outspent a thousand to one or five thousand to one, meaning, you know, for every dollar you spend on advertising, your opponent's spending five thousand dollars, you know, per ad. Like, so if you put this on the ballot, the gambling interests here are going to spend like almost probably 10, 20 million dollars to ram this through. Like, there's no meaningful debate that's going to occur. This is the, this isn't a, you're not going to have an informed public making a decision on this. So I think any any legislator, you know, every legislator would if you're out spend a thousand and one, that legislator's losing. So the idea that you're gonna you're gonna allow this to go on the ballot and say, oh look, the people spoke, it, it's it's really disingenuous. And I think I think the people, the legislators in Alabama, most of them here are better than that. And so I think if do your homework on this, there's a reason why. You know, other states are, you know, financially have, have this has failed so much in other states. Um, and there's a reason why these guys have to spend millions of dollars to ram this through the legislature, because it's not something your constituents want. It's been it's been a failed public policy that, that costs all of us, whether you gamble or not. So as we approach the start of, of our legislative session in Alabama on February the 6th, what would you say to those listening that are opposed to gambling in Alabama, what action, what can they do today? Okay, so the most important thing you can do as a citizen of Alabama to stop predatory gambling here, and it, it, one is you need to make it a priority in your life to educate people about, you know, come to our website at stoppredatorygambling.org, get educated, but you need to educate your, your family members, your coworkers, members of your community, if you belong to a church, you know, educate your, your, your peers, but most importantly, you need to educate your, your state senator and your your state legislator, your state representative, and tell them like this is not in the best interest of Alabama. You need to explain to them like the, the facts on this because the, the the industry wants this to be a very superficial debate. This is an issue where the more you dig into it, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. You know, yeah. when, when you put when you put the state in charge of gambling, it's the equivalent of putting Dracula in charge of the blood bank. So just think of that analogy, right? No one would want Dracula in charge of the blood bank, right? So the idea that somehow the state is going to protect the public interest if you allow all these forms of predatory gambling here, it's 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 really it's going to it's 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 going to affect all of us whether you gamble or not. So talk to your legislators, educate them, and make this a priority in your life because if you don't gamble or you or if you have, if you have loved ones, your kids especially, this is this is going to affect you. You know, it's coming into your home, and so you, we need to stand up and fight this. It's, it's it's America's most neglected major problem, and you have the power to do something about it. 
Great advice. And as we wrap up, I'd like for you to, to touch on some of the, the resources that the listeners can find with Stop Predatory uh, Gambling. Talk a little bit about that. We'll include the website that you mentioned in our show notes, but would love to share what they can find and, and learn more, how they can learn more. Sure. So uh, if you come to our website, um, we have a section on our resources. It's called Frequently, Frequently Asked Questions. So you can get there, kind of right. help you, kind of re- 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 share some of the things we talked about here with some more detail. Uh, as you scroll down further on the homepage, we did a, a really good report on state lotteries and how they how they've been a been a failure in this country. Um, and and we have a lot of good uh, you know resources there, like you know interviews. There's a great uh, documentary, national documentary that was released in 2016 called Out of Luck, which is the first national documentary into state lotteries. That was a really really well done film. You can watch that. You, you can, there's a lot of ways to get educated and arm yourself with the facts. Uh, you know. To make a difference on this, so if you care about protecting your kids and your community, you know, and, and really want to make a difference in society, like this is your issue. You know, this is this is the public voice of American government today. Regardless of what your political stripes are, you want to make a difference and improve society. It runs through taking government out of the predatory gambling business. Thank you, and and well said. And and Les, I just want to say I appreciate your passion on this issue. That has been obvious as we've listened to you today, and just the wealth of information. Um, your your history on this issue um, just so broad and, and deep, and so it's been a, a great help, I know, to everyone that was uh, here for the meeting this morning, but also that we're getting to touch a, a lot more listeners. So, again, I want to thank you, Les Bernal, you. Uh, with Stop Predatory Gambling, and thank you, listeners, for being with us for this week's edition of Alabama AgCast. Thank you for joining us for Alabama AgCast. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast. Mm-hmm.